Well, good morning, Overlake. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, my name is Sachin, uh, and we're so excited to start our mornings together like we always do, which is with worship. So um, wherever you are, I just encourage you to worship with us. Sing along as we declare these truths. Come on, sing this out. Who am I? Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Come on. Who the sun sets free. Oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Child of God, 
on the team here, and it's so good. I know we're in our eighth week now of gathering across homes and zip codes and time zones, uh, but it's so good to be together. It's so good to gather, to be in worship together, and to be reminded that God is so good and that he's not going to let us down. I want to give a special shout out to anyone who it's your first time joining us. We're so glad that you are, that you're spending time with us uh, wherever you are. And, and a special a big shout out to my Aunt Nancy in California. Uh, send up some sunshine our way, please. We'll take it. Uh, but, but it's exciting to, to be at Overlake because it's week two of a series called We Belong. And it's even more exciting that we have a guest, uh, one of Overlake's own, who's going to be sharing later. And, uh, and I'm very, very stoked about that. And so couple things in a way of being able to get connected and stay connected in this season of church. And so if you're on the web, on the, the live stream, on the website, you'll notice some buttons below you, like the connection card, at-home resources, giving. Uh, if you're on Facebook Live, you'll notice some links showing up. Uh, but uh, we do encourage you to check out the at-home resources we've created. There's great options for you, your families, your online small groups that are, that are really resources to help uh, you be cared for but also equipping you to be able to care for others in your community. And so check that out. And also take a moment during service or maybe even after service to complete the connection card. It lets us know the best way to stay in connection with you, but also how we can be praying for you and, and maybe next steps that you want to take on your faith journey. So let us know what those things are so we can come alongside you. And then lastly, giving. Uh, we want to be a church that is generous in this time towards the needs of the world. Not, not just the needs within the Overlake family, uh, but the needs that are beyond, the needs that are in our community and even abroad. And so uh, for those of you that are able, for those of you that call Overlake home, we encourage you uh, to give what, what you're able to in this time. Well, I'm excited to go ahead and watch a brief clip here, a little video from some of our awesome international partners. So check this out. Hola, queridos hermanos y hermanas de la Iglesia Overlake. Les saluda Alan Matamoros. Hola, yo soy Priscila. Hola, Patricia. Hola, soy José Pablo. Nosotros servimos en el norte de África, Medio Oriente y Península de Arabia, Mundo Árabe, mano a mano, alcanzando a los musulmanes de esa zona a través de los creyentes que han salido del Islam a Cristo en programas de plantación de iglesias y entrenamiento de plantación de iglesias para alcanzar a los musulmanes. También trabajamos en acción de desarrollo de liderazgo entre nuestros hermanos de las iglesias que surgen en el mundo musulmán y también trabajamos en, en programas de acción social y de misericordia a la comunidad refugiada en lugares como Jordania, Palestina, Egipto. Al mismo tiempo, Estamos conectados sirviendo con Comibam, el movimiento misionero latinoamericano, facilitando la llegada de más latinos que vengan a trabajar entre musulmanes y de forma particular en el mundo árabe en la tarea de predicar con hechos y con palabras el Evangelio de Jesús. Casualmente, durante esta época de la pandemia, hemos visto al cuerpo de Cristo seguir avanzando, aunque hay tantas limitaciones, en lugares como Palestina, nuestros amigos árabes 
siguen sirviendo a los palestinos que están pobres, en necesidad y con tremendas limitaciones en una época tan difícil como esta. En lugares como Mafrak, en Jordania, el servicio del reino de Dios va con palabras y va con hechos para alcanzar y servir y amar a nuestros amigos refugiados sirios. Y en lugares como los grandes barrios de, de sudaneses que han venido, más de 5 millones de árabes sudaneses en el Cairo, también están recibiendo del amor y la misericordia del Señor. Para nosotros es un gusto que por estos 15 años, ustedes, la iglesia Overlake, nos han hecho parte de ustedes y nos han apoyado con sus oraciones y con su apoyo. Muchas gracias. Nosotros nos sentimos parte de ustedes, nos sentimos parte de lo que Dios está haciendo, de la extensión del reino entre los musulmanes y también nos sentimos parte del crecimiento del reino de Dios entre los que aún no le conocen. Muchas gracias por tenernos presentes. Dios les bendiga. Goodbye. Bye bye, guys. Bye. Bless you. Blessings. Bye. Hello, Overlake. I'm uh, James Whitfield. I'm one of the elders on the team. I am so excited to be here with you today. Uh, so let's pray and get started. Lord, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to gather wherever the body of Christ happens to be right now. Lord, I ask that you uh, just have your spirit move through me and uh, make sure that the words that are being said uh, touch the hearts of your people. Uh, Lord, we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, let's do this. Uh, I said I'm excited to be here with you today, and that's because we get to talk about two of my favorite topics. Uh, the first topic is basketball. Uh, and one of the reasons that it's a favorite of mine is that I started playing basketball here at OCC uh, about 20 years ago. Uh, I started playing with a group of guys that gets together on Monday mornings and Wednesday mornings at about 6.30. Uh, before COVID, we would do that like every single week. Uh, and it's really one of the great joys of my life. I think we have a picture here uh, of, uh, of the guys that play in the morning. Uh, you'll see that obviously that's me. I'm wearing number 23. Um, okay, maybe that's not exactly, uh, maybe that's not exactly us. Uh, okay, there we are. Uh, it's kind of hard to pick me out. I'm the, I'm the smooth looking guy uh, right there in the middle. Yes. So these are my guys. We've been playing basketball for a long time together. We, I mean, there, there's no refs. So like we have to manage all the rules together. And it's not as if we like make up new rules. We don't play with like three or four different balls or something like that. Like we really play basketball. Um, but we play in a way that we really belong to one another. We have been playing basketball so long that we're really parts of one another's lives. Uh, I have been there uh, for prayer requests that happen before we play every single time, where people have talked about things going on in their families, uh, where we've been able to celebrate new births and, and, and condole, um, uh, console one another after, uh, after people have died. It's really a true family. But it's also Christian basketball. Uh, we play uh, in a way that it really is clear why we're there. When new people show up, it's a little bit weird. Like we're calling our own fouls and when a ball goes out of bounds, nobody else sees it. Uh, you know, one of our guys will say, no, it came off of me, it's okay. And you'll see a change, a shift in the people when they start playing with us that they begin to realize that this isn't like the other places that they play. This is a whole different experience. It doesn't mean that we don't play intensely. We do. And every now and then somebody may lose their temper, but, but we know that we're going to be with one another over the long haul. 
when I played in, in leagues, uh, trying to seek championships, maybe there's a sense of belonging among individual teams. But I tell you, in this group, that belonging applies to the whole group of people who play. Now, I love those guys and I miss them terribly. I cannot wait for COVID to be over and uh, for us to be able to get back out on the court. But until then, they know that I am for them and with them and, and we're still together even though we can't be in the same place. And that brings me to favorite topic number two. Why we belong dictates how we belong. Why we belong dictates how we belong. My wife and I run a consulting company. Uh, we help um, leaders mobilize uh, culture change in companies and communities and congregations. And one of the things that we have found is that the why always dictates everything else. And this is absolutely true when it comes to why and how we belong. Neely kicked us off in this We Belong series uh, last week, and she got us started in Romans 12 with the first couple of verses. We are actually going to lean into verses 3 through 8, and so I'll read those for us. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. The why matters. So we're gonna take the next one here. We belong to each other because we are the body of Christ. Now, this is a really important thing for us to recognize that we are in fact the body of Christ. And we're going to spend the rest of our time working ourselves through these five verses. In the upcoming weeks, Pat, uh, Pastor Pat and Pastor Eugene are going to unpack how this affects our parishes and the rest of the world. But we're really going to focus on the idea that we as believers belong to one another. And it's important to point out that the perfect example of this is the Trinity. We see in the unity of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit a group that belongs to one another. That's the model. In fact, Jesus prayed for that very thing. He prayed, my prayer is not for them alone, and he's talking uh, about his disciples there. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So the way we belong to one another should reflect the way that Jesus belongs to the Father. So let's, that's the why. Let's walk through how. Let's go back to Romans now and work our way through the verses to learn what it has to say. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, this is in verse three, 
Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Let's start with this idea of sober judgment. The underlying word for sober uh, is a word that means being in your right mind. Sometimes it's a word that's used uh, after a demon who has possessed someone uh, is actually, uh, after that person is freed from that demonic possession. It means that they are, can now think clearly. They can, they, can, they can be in their right mind. Paul is, is encouraging us to do a real self-evaluation of who God made us to be and that we're, and don't, that we're supposed to rely on our faith in order to help make that uh, understanding. We are not supposed to puff ourselves up to be something more than, we're, than, than we are, nor are we supposed to shrink away from the responsibilities or, or the person that God has made us to be. We're supposed to have faith that God made us to be exactly the person he wanted us to be. When I started um, working for a new company a while ago, it's one of my earlier jobs, I was hired by a guy that I really, really admired. He was one of the first people that actually separated the idea of leadership from management for me. And he, one of the things that he did is he taught everybody that he hired uh, through a class that he called presentation training. Didn't matter if you were hired as a VP or as administrative assistant or anything else, everybody had to take this class that he taught. Now, I had been told most of my life growing up that I was a good public speaker, so I thought that this was going to be my opportunity to really make an impression on this guy that I really, really admired. So when it came my time to do my presentation, I gave it everything I had. I used all the, the, the teaching and, and, and speaking tips that I'd learned up to that point. I projected. I tried to sound incredibly professional. Like, I, I, I'm ashamed to say I even made up a story, a family story, in order to have a way to hook the story in and, uh, and, and my presentation. Like, I, I really did everything I possibly could to impress this guy. About a week later, we're sitting in his office, and uh, we're reviewing this uh, videotape here, actually. Uh, and he had some notes written on a yellow legal pad, which I know is a very old sentence uh, to say. And as we were walking through, uh, what he would do is he would play a little bit of the videotape, uh, and then he would read some notes off of his pad, and, and he'd play a little bit more tape and read some notes. After he did that two or three times, he just turned off the video and set down his legal pad and said, James, I, I don't know who that guy is. That's not the guy I hired. James, I hired you. And that's all I want. James, you're just you, and that is good enough. Now, that is the most profound mentoring statement that's ever been said to me, and it really literally changed my life. Not only was I the first person in the history of that company to take presentation training twice, uh, but I have to tell you that since that moment, every time I stand up to give a presentation, the thing that I am trying to do is to just be me, is to be the me that God made me, to be. It doesn't mean that I don't learn and try to grow and do better and better, but I'm always trying to be more and more and more of the guy that God made me to be. What we want to do is, is have sober judgment, is to be able to think clearly about who God made us to be. Now, some of us probably want to see a little bit of tape uh, from young James, so we're going to not do that, actually. We're not going to do that at all. All right. What I do want to say, though, is that we belong to one another realistically. Like, we have to be realistic about the way that we belong. Okay. Let's keep going. 
Let's read verses four and five. For just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Now, this is one of the places in the Bible that anchors the entire idea of being the body of Christ, the believers being the body of Christ. This is some of the most important language in the entire Bible. In fact, when we use the term member, just uh, the way we normally use it in English, when we talk about someone being a member of a team or a member of an association or a member of, uh, of even a church, this is where the language like this in the Bible is where that term even comes from that we actually use it in English. It means to be a part of a larger body. And we're supposed to have really specific roles to play in the context of that body. Now, Paul talks about in a different letter the fact that it doesn't really make sense for one part of the body to think that somehow it's more important than a different part of the body. Like, it doesn't make any sense that the foot thinks it's more important than, like, the stomach because the foot's sort of moving us all around and, uh, it, you know, it's, it's super important. It can, it, it, it can take us from point A to point B because the reality is that that can't happen without the fuel that the stomach provides. Now, this may be in some ways like a very simple, straightforward uh, idea, but it's also incredibly profound. Like, I want you to make sure that you get the fact that other members of the body of Christ have as much effect on you as a foot has on a stomach and vice versa. You have so much of an effect on the other people in the body of Christ because we are all one body. We belong to one another. Now, we're going to talk more about specific ways and the specific gifts uh, that, that we can use in the context of the body. But let's talk about some of the big picture ways that we can think about this. The body is designed to be healthy by circulating health throughout the entire body. Is the spiritual health of the body of Christ sort of moving its way to you and then stopping? Are, are, are you passing along? Are you continuing to grow? Are you feeding yourself well? in a way that really makes sure that the rest of the body can continue to be nourished from the way that you are nourishing yourself. Now, this is not to blame you for any of your choices, but it's to encourage you. We have to know that, that, that but there are members of the body that are carrying you on days when you can't even do anything. Other members of the body, they're the ones that are, that are pulling you along. They're carrying you along. And vice versa, there are times when you, because you are healthy and you are strong, that you are, in fact, continuing to help other members of the body. Like, we belong to one another that much. As a member of the body, you are being prayed for. You are being pursued. And right now, in a, in a moment like this, like, this message may be really critical to understand, that just because we can't be physically together does not mean that we have somehow stopped being the body. In fact, it makes it so much more important that we're not bound by a building. We are still the body, and people want to be connected to you. That means that you should answer that email that's been sent or that text message. Pick up the, the, the telephone when it's ringing. Or maybe it's an opportunity for you to actually reach out to people in a different and new way. I have to tell you that my daughter, my 26-year-old, lives about 10 minutes away from us, and, and I miss seeing her in person uh, as often as I used to, but I actually still actually probably see her more often now than I did because of video. We just see one another on a regular basis. And this is an opportunity for you to do this as well. The fact that everybody is meeting 
across video means that you have an opportunity to meet people in a different way. Like there are people all around the country that you now have access to, and they are also members of the body. So I just want to encourage you to make sure that you remember that we belong. In fact, we belong to each other interdependently. We are so connected that we are interdependent. Okay. We're interdependent, but that does not mean that we are all the same. We are in unity, but not uniformity. As members, we don't have the same function. Now, I'm going to say this, and I just want you to stick with me here. So God, if God wanted us all to be the same, God would have created us all to be the same. That means that God means for us to disagree. Now, you may have never thought about this before, but God created our diversity and our differences of background and perspective. God brings all of those things together into his body by design. I'll remind you that even Jesus at Gethsemane, our model for unity, our model for belonging to one another, Jesus even said at Gethsemane, Lord, your will be done, not my will. That means that his will, his perspective was different than that of the Father in that moment. Now, of course, he deferred to the will of the Father, but it's important to point out that even in the tight relationship that Jesus had with the Father, there is still in that moment a difference of perspective. The way that iron sharpens iron is not because they both start off in the same place. It means that they rub up against one another and they move towards an understanding together. God brought us all to the table with very, very different backgrounds and perspectives. But together in unity, we pursue his will. Now, sometimes acting in love doesn't mean you just, um, that puts you in disagreement with one person or two. Sometimes it means that you have to stand up to a crowd. Jesus models this for us very, very frequently. Uh, he has to stand up to uh, the religious leadership. He stands up to a, a crowd that wants to stone a woman. He stands up to uh, the money changers. He even has to stand up to his own disciples from time to time. So belonging to one another sometimes means that we have to stand in the gap all alone until others understand how God is calling you and them to help advance his kingdom. This brings me to another topic, the paradox of belonging and freedom. God created us all to be free. I'm going to say that again. God created us all to be free. Jesus came to earth to ensure it and to overturn anything that stands in the way. Now, historically, the church has struggled with this lie that somehow God created some people to be free and other people to be property. When we say that we belong to one another, we are saying that we, like, like the Trinity, belong to one another. We're not saying that, that somehow Jesus or the Holy Spirit is owned as property by God the Father. Nor are we owned as property by other members of the human family. Let's face it, we use the word possessed to describe the hold a demon has on a human being. It removes a human's free will. Jesus came to make sure that he frees us from that kind of possession, from, from, from our need our enslavement to sin. When we are enslaved to sin, we don't have a choice. We pursue sin over and over and over again because we don't have any other option. Let's face it, when we are our own gods, self-pleasing is our only form of worship. 
Now, this lie deepened its roots in the church as the Bible was translated into English. In the New Testament, when we read the word slave, the underlying word in Greek is a word doulos. This is the same word that is sometimes translated as servant. There's a long historical background about how this doulos process uh, became, came into being, but I just want to point out that it's not slavery in the way that most of us understand slavery in America in the context of the transatlantic slave trade. Africans arriving in the U.S. as slaves were absolutely treated as property. They were sold. They were valued as property. Their children and their children's children could also be sold, sort of like livestock. A doulos in the New Testament was a person, was an employee who worked for a period of time and then chose to bound themselves, to bind themselves to a household as an act of free will. A more accurate term would be bond servant than slave. Again, becoming a doulos is an act of free will. When you see some translations that say that when Paul says that he is uh, a slave to Christ, he is, that underlying word is doulos. It means that he has actively made himself a living sacrifice in service of the one true God. Now, in order to perpetuate the lie that God approved of, of American slavery, people created a thing called a slave Bible. This is a Bible that actively pulls out parts of the New Testament that references set Jesus setting people free. Can you imagine? They actively took out parts of the Bible to give to slaves who had learned how to read because even the plantation owners understood that simply translating doulos into slave was not enough to remove the idea that Jesus is against slavery. Jesus is against people owning people. That is why OCC continues to come alongside modern day organizations that are helping to free slaves. That is because Jesus comes against slavery. The Bible is clear. We are to belong to one another, not as possessions. We are to belong to one another in the way that God created us, as people who have the image of God. In fact, we can say that we belong to one another lovingly. Now, this may be a thing that sort of goes without saying, that uh, the people in the body of Christ are supposed to love one another, but I do want to make sure that we take a moment and point out that as Jesus was wrapping up his final days uh, on, on earth as a part of his ministry, he gave us this new command, he said, a new command I give to you, and that is that you love one another the way that I have loved you. Now, Jesus is very clear that we're supposed to love everyone. And again, Pastor Pat and Pastor Eugene, they're going to be very helpful in helping to point out the ways that that impacts our, our, our community and the rest of the world uh, and, and, and all non-believers. But right now, I just want to bring your attention to the idea that when Jesus said this, what he means is that we're supposed to love one another in the body of Christ so intensely, so much, so clearly that other people should be able to look at us and go, yep, they must be Christians. That's the way people are supposed to know that we are his followers. Okay, now we're going to get to the final verses in Romans that we're going to cover today. Here they are, verses 6 through 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. 
If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. When we accept Jesus, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit gives us unique gifts. Now, and we're supposed to put those gifts to work on behalf of advancing the kingdom of God, on behalf of the body of Christ. Jesus put it this way when he uh, talked about a parable that we refer to as a parable of the talents. What happened is that uh, there was this, a master uh, who was gonna go away and he gave each of his uh, three different servants some talents that he wanted them to make use of while he was gone. Now the term at the time, talent, meant uh, a unit of money. However, it's important to know that even today, again, in, in English, the way that we use the term talent, when we talk about someone with gifts or someone who's very talented, it actually comes from this parable. This parable is about how it is we use the things, the gifts, the talents that, uh, that Jesus has given us. How do we use those things in a way that makes sense? So when the master comes back, the first two servants, they have taken those talents and, and, and put them to use and, and, and then they've doubled their talents. And then comes the third servant. He was so afraid of losing what he'd been given. He hid his talent instead of using it. He hid his talent instead of using it. And he was punished for not putting his talent to work. I'm going to put a, as fine a point in this as I possibly can. This is a parable that's known as one of the kingdom parables. They all start with the phrase, the kingdom of God shall be like this. This is the math in God's kingdom. It is that we were given talents and gifts that we're supposed to put to use. And when we put those talents to use, they, they, they blow up. They, 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 they bring the entire body into the joy of the master. And when they're not used, the result is sadness and isolation. If you're a member of the body of Christ, your life and the lives of the other members of the body will not reflect the joy of the master unless you're living in to your gifts. Now again, there is no condemnation in Christ. This is not to say that you have done something wrong. God wants us to belong to each other wholeheartedly. And what I want to say about that is I want to encourage you to be all in on the gifts that God has given you. We're to pursue our gifts in accordance with the grace God has given us. That means that whatever video you have on the tape up to this point, that doesn't have to be the end of the story. God says you can make more video. That's what grace means. And I just want to make sure that you know that this is an opportunity. Put new things on the tape. Lean in to the gifts that God has given you. Now this is uh, the list here that we just read is one of several lists of gifts in the Bible. And I want to encourage you to work with other believers to find your talent, to find your gifts, to find the way that you bring joy to yourself and, and, and the other members of the body. All of this, though, ties us back to verse 3 that compels us to be sober in our self-assessment. When we have the faith to understand that who God designed us to be and lean into the body to better understand that, then we can make the most of the grace-given gifts that we, he has lovingly bestowed upon us. In this way, we can benefit from and contribute to the health of the body of Christ as we collectively advance the kingdom of God.
All right, as we wrap up, I want to remind us of where we started on this journey today. Why people belong defines how we belong. And we belong to one another because we are members of the body of Christ. On the one hand, it's ironic that we're talking about this at a time when we can't physically be together. But on the other hand, it's a great reminder that the body of Christ is not bound by any specific building or geographic location. The body of Christ is available to all of us. And as followers, we are called to love one another in the same way that Jesus is one with the Father. COVID or not, one of those persistent ways the enemy tries to trip us up is by lying about who we're supposed to belong to and who we are not. The world wants to divide us up along so many different lines, ideological lines, class lines, race lines, even along lines of the differences of the way that we worship. The world is constantly inviting Christians to define themselves by what they hate instead of by who they love. And if you're not a believer, I want to make sure that I take a moment to talk to you. Because as believers, we want to lean in to love as our defining characteristic. And, and, and we know that in this church, we make a big deal of the fact that you get to belong before you believe. Absolutely. We love you exactly as you are. And we want you to know that there is a next step. There is a way to be a member of the body. There is more to life. Believing doesn't just mean that at some point in the future, uh, you're going to have a different relationship because of, of heaven. It means that you have access to a new life right now, a life that's designed to help you live to the full. If you accept Jesus today, then you get to become a member of the body of Christ today. The Holy Spirit indwells you today. You get to become a member of the eternal body of believers today. So if you're ready, I'm going to invite you to bow your head and say this prayer. Jesus, I am ready to follow you. Jesus, I am ready to be a member of your body. Jesus, I am ready to have an eternal relationship with you that frees me from my addiction to sin, that allows me to sober-mindedly turn my attention to ways that I can, in fact, live life to the full as a follower of you. Jesus, I accept you in this moment, and I want to follow you forever. Amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer, I want to say welcome to the body of Christ. Please mark your decision down on the connection card. We just want to make sure that other members of the body can come alongside you and help to continue to build you up, to edify you as a member of our body. And maybe, uh, maybe you've been a believer for a long time, but now you're ready to really lean in, to, to really make yourself a part of the spiritual health of the body of Christ. If that's the case, we want you to mark that down on the connection card as well. Because again, we want to make sure we can come alongside as we all move forward in advancing the kingdom. All right, thank you for allowing me to join you today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for the opportunity to be a part of the body of Christ. Thank you for an ability to share your word and connect with people who want to seek you. Lord, in this moment when we're all so separate and far apart, Lord, I just want to thank you for your promise 
that we get to belong no matter what, that we are not bound by a building, that we are bound together in love the way that you are one with the Father. We pray all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks a lot.
when we understand that the, the why we belong to something impacts how we belong. If we belong to a God who is with us and for us, then how do we belong to one another? By being with one another and for one another. And so I really am so grateful for, for James, one of our elders here, of, of his teaching. And, and in fact, it makes me thankful for all the elders, for, for our whole board in this season at Overlake. Well, a couple things before we return to a time of worship. And the first is this. This Wednesday, we get to do even more worship. Uh, an, an evening where we have some time to worship together, to pray with one another. It's just about 30 minutes or so. And it's really fun to do as a family or even as an online small group to kind of watch it together and then maybe hang around on a Zoom call afterwards to, to chat with one another or something. So so we'll be seeing you uh, this Wednesday. And Pastor Neely told me a little something she has up her sleeve. So I'm, I'm excited to see what that is. But and then the other thing, I mentioned uh, ways to stay connected, such as filling out the connection card. I encourage you to do that. Um, and then at-home resources, but also giving. Uh, we recognize this is a season that is really difficult financially for so many. And so if you're finding yourself or your family in a place of need, please reach out. Uh, we would love to know what those things are. And, and if you're one of those where you really aren't dealing with any financial insecurity right now, would, would you maybe potentially consider uh, what, what it would look like to be generous in this season, especially knowing uh, there's some stimulus checks kind of getting sent in the email or, or in, in mail and whatnot. Uh, would, would, would you maybe think of who you could bless with that? Maybe it's someone you know. Maybe it's someone in your neighborhood. Or, or if you don't know anyone, would you consider uh, kind of coming alongside Overlake as we come alongside others in the community and within the Overlake family as well? Well, Overlake, it's been good to be together, and I want to just send you out with a word of blessing, but again, we're going to continue to worship as well. So receive these words. Would you be reminded that Overlake, you are not alone, that you are members, in fact, of a beautiful body, one beautiful body that, that is interdependent, that belongs to one another, that, that loves one another wholeheartedly. And, and as you do that, as you live this reality out, would the world take notice? Would you just put on display what it looks like to love this world, to love our neighbors and neighborhoods as Jesus does? In Christ's name, amen. Let's continue to worship.
overwhelmed and I cannot hear your voice I hold on to what is true though I cannot see and if the storms of life they come and the road ahead gets steep I will lift these hands in praise and I will believe and I'll remind myself all that you've done and the life I have because of your son your love came down and rescued me your love came down and set me free I am yours I am forever yours mountain high your valley low I sing out, remind my soul that I am yours, I am forever yours. So when my heart is filled with hope and every promise comes my way, oh, when I feel your hands of grace rest upon me, oh, staying desperate for you, God, Staying humble at your feet Oh, I will lift these hands in praise I will believe oh, oh, I remind myself of all that you've done In my life And the life I have because of your son oh, Love came down and rescued me Love came down and set me free I am yours, oh, I am forever yours. My mountain high, your valley low, I sing out, remind my soul that I am yours, oh, I am forever yours. Your love came down, your love came down and rescued me. Your love came down and set me free, oh, I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high, valley low, I sing out, remind my soul that I am yours. Oh, I am forever yours. I am yours. Oh, I am yours. Oh, all my days, Jesus, I am yours. Oh, me your love came down and set me free oh, I am yours oh I am forever yours oh mountain high your valley low I sing out remind my soul that I am yours I am forever yours your love came down love came down rescued me love came down and set me I am yours, oh I am forever yours Your mountain high, mountain high, your valley low I sing out, remind my soul that I am yours Oh I am forever yours, I am yours Oh I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. 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 I am yours.
I am yours. 